back to a fifth season of the Agora podcast, where we try to scratch beneath the surface of events in Greece. I'm Nick Malkoutsis. We had other plans for launching this series, but events over the summer since our last episode meant that we felt we should begin by addressing the impact of Storm Daniel, which hit Greece on September the 4th. By the time the extreme weather arrived in central Greece, the country had already suffered deeply from weeks of wildfires. The fire in the Dadia National Park in the northeast of the country was the largest ever recorded. When Storm Daniel arrived, claiming almost 20 lives in its wake, it felt like the culmination of a miserable summer for Greece. But the scar left by the storm is likely to take a long time to heal. Thessaly is responsible for about a fifth of agricultural production in Greece and more than 5% of the economy's gross value. It suffered the biggest impact. Dozens of villages were flooded, with homes, businesses, crops and livestock being destroyed. The scale of the flooding is mind-boggling. Satellite images suggest Storm Daniel left more than 40,000 hectares of land underwater. The port city of Volos was also flooded, leaving hundreds of thousands of people without water for weeks. But the villages and resorts of nearby Mount Pilio also suffered, Roads were destroyed, homes and businesses were washed away, raising doubts about how ready the area will be to welcome visitors next summer. This extreme weather, including the extensive wildfires Greece experienced this summer, is something that we would like to explore in more detail with the relevant experts as the podcast series progresses. But to start off with, we wanted to get a better idea of what it was like to experience this storm, which only caused some minor flash flooding in Athens, and to understand the kind of damage it left in its wake. To do that, we spoke to Joel von Trapp, an American architect who has been living and working in Pilio for many years and knows the area very well. We spoke to Joel more than two weeks after the storm, Running water had just been reconnected in his village, but phone lines were still down. Without internet access, Joel spoke to us over a mobile data connection, so there is some interference in the audio you'll hear. Stick with it, though, because Joel provides some great on-the-ground insight about the storm, its aftermath, and how the local community has been coping. Let's hear from him. So, Joel, tell us uh, where you are at the moment. So, Nick, right now I'm in uh, Paleocastro, which is a small um, Ikismos, a small settlement about 20, 20 minutes from Volos, heading south down the Pilion Peninsula. Okay, and um, listeners may be hearing some interference in the background as you're talking. That's because you're working off 
mobile data. You don't have any phone or internet at the moment still from from the storm, which was uh, uh, more than a couple of weeks ago. Yes, that's right. Um, we we still, uh, you know, we didn't have water for about ten days, and our internet and phone have been out, um, you know, since the storm hit, and they still have not been restored. So yeah, I'm just I'm working on mobile data. Fortunately, uh, Cosmo Day gave everyone in the area um, some extra extra data, so mm-hmm. um, that was nice of them. Okay, so Joel, let's go back to to the beginning, the the day that Storm Daniel hit. Did you uh, have an inkling that things were going to get as bad as they did get? Were there sufficient warnings? What was the discussion amongst the the locals there that something bad was on the way? Look, initially, I initially I didn't think anything of it really. I mean, it just, I, I'd been looking at the weather and it said it was going to be rainy for a couple of days, but, um, you know, I had no idea it was going to be a storm of this caliber. Um, and you know, initially when it started raining on Monday, it was, it was raining, but nothing, you know, nothing drastic, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and then, uh, Monday night it started you know, it started to come down um, in with thunderstorms, and it was just consistent thunder and lightning for you know like eighteen hours. Almost, it was incredible. I've never been in it, in a in a thunderstorm for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, you know, they once the once the heavy rain started to fall, we did get warnings. You know, sent to our mobile phones saying, you know, that there's heavy rain and. <clears throat> not to be moving around and stuff. Um, but I would have to say that initially I was completely caught off guard by the, the scope of this, of, of this storm. And would you say also for, for your neighbors there, the, the, the community, no one was really prepared for a storm of this magnitude? It, um, definitely. I don't think anyone, well, as you know, at least anyone I was talking to was really, you know, worried or, um, you know, thought it would be anything out of the ordinary or as extraordinary as it ended up being. And we should explain to listeners, Mount Pelio isn't a, a stranger to bad weather. You, you guys get snow there, you get lots of uh, rain. It, it, it's not something peculiar to have a, a bout of bad weather. No, definitely not. We do. We, we, we do get weather here. It's, it's a mountain and um, there's a lot of weather that comes down um, from northern Greece and kind of gets caught on the mountain and just and and so the the systems stay there for a bit and we we have had uh, <clears throat> you know as you said we we get some some good snowstorms in the winter occasionally and uh, we get some some pretty good rainstorms as well. Uh, and Joel, at what point we're talking about the, the night of uh, September the fourth, Monday night that you mentioned? Uh, what point? Did you start to think, okay, this this is getting a bit dangerous. This could be really risky here. You know, even that night, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that. I still wasn't that concerned uh, because, as I said, you know, we've had systems before. Um, we've had thunderstorms before that lasted a while, but you know, this this started it started at night and it just kept going and going. And um, I woke up again at like four in the morning and uh it was still going and you know and 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 during the day um we started power started going on and off and um this is now the tuesday this is now on tuesday yes and we have like this uh irrigation 
channel behind our house and a vlaki that runs behind our house and that started overflowing and I thought, wow, this is a lot of water for that to be overflowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, as because it wasn't letting up and it was just, as I said, constant thunder and lightning, I, I started thinking, wow, maybe this, this, uh, this could be something more. And you wake up on Tuesday the 5th and what, what what's the scene that you see there? What, what's unfolding in front of your eyes once there's light? Well, I, 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 it, it's funny. It was, you know, it, when it was supposed to be light, things were still very dark because there mm. were such heavy clouds. Um, and as I said, it was just a constant barrage of thunder and lightning. Yeah, I've never experienced anything anything like it for so long. Um and, and of course, point, heavy, heavy rain. Uh, uh, of course. Uh, and at what point, Joel, did did did, did you understand that? Okay, th- this is causing uh, destruction here on, on the mountain. Um, I think once once I noticed that the the, the Avlaki, the irrigation channel mm-hmm. behind our house, started overflowing because this this takes a lot of rain for this to happen. I I realized you know this is this is not going to be good for for the rest of the area anywhere where water collects and drains is just going to be, you know, it's just going to be raging right now. Um, and of course, in the end, that's what ended up happening. Anywhere where water empties out or channels channels off the mountain, just it just destroyed anything in its path. And once the storm cleared, we all understood that there had been a great deal of destruction, roads completely destroyed, bridges, houses. And of course, we had some tragic loss of life uh, on the mountain, in, including in, in a really, really sad uh, story, a, a newlywed Austrian couple who just finished their wedding, seen off all their guests and who seemed to have been um, swept away. I mean, th- this was uh, an ap- apocalyptic uh, scene afterwards. Yes, it was. And, you know, once the, once the, the storm finally calmed down, um, you know, I, I went out to kind of scan our, our, our village here to, to see what sort of damage was done. And, of course, you know, on all the roads and anywhere, as I said, anywhere that water um, would be funneling down, everything was just eaten away, destroyed, asphalt ripped up, stones all over the mud and mud and stones all over the roads. Um, and then I walked, of course, down the little road that comes up to our village down to kind of the main road there. And, mm-hmm. you know, just off the main road, there's, there's, we have a river that runs and it was just, it was, it was running like I've never seen it running before. Um, and it had, uh, it, it had destroyed a, a stone bridge, um, that's been in this area for hundreds of years. Um, it had destroyed, there's a, a, a trout restaurant right next to the river and it completely destroyed its parking there and, and the side of the, um, where, where the seating is for the restaurant. And, um, and then I, you know, I looked down the main road and there were, you know, several plane trees that had fallen down on the main road. So that was blocked. And, um, yeah, just, just mud and, and stones everywhere. And what was the next step? I mean, you, you, you guys clearly f- f- felt cut off roads destroyed this destruction everywhere and of course you'd lost water what was the next step did help arrive were you did you have to be self-sufficient how did it work well i guess the the immediate next step 
was to kind of see, you know, what we could do. Um, there was a small group of us in, 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 the, in the village that we decided, okay, so what can we do to kind of help the situation as soon as possible? Um, and the, the first thing we, we started doing was clearing part of, part of the road that comes up to our village because it had filled up with, uh, you know, large stones and broken pieces of asphalt and, and it was unpassable with a, with a car. So we started clearing that so that at least a car could get by. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we finished that, you know, we went down to the main road and there was a discussion about, you know, going and starting to cut up the trees that had fallen to, to help clear those. Um, but fortunately, um, you know, once things kind of calmed down, uh, a, um, you know, the, the, Vimos did send um, a front-end loader up the road that came and kind of cleared a path and moved the big trees out of the way um, and pretty quickly made at least one lane drivable to get, let's say, down to um, the main road that goes to to Volos and also to to go up up on the mountain as well. Right. And what were you hearing about um, the, the damage done by the storm in other parts of uh, Pelio? Um, of course, we, you know, we started getting, um, we started getting images in from, from Volos, um, you know, that the, the rivers in, in Volos had flooded and, uh, you know, bridges had been destroyed and um, areas were completely flooded out. Um, and then, of course, we started seeing other images. I have I have friends who live further south in Pilio in, in Melina, um, and just unbelievable images from down there, from Melina and Horto. Um, they're right next to the sea. They're right next to the sea, yes. And and Melina also, it's kind of it's basically built kind of in a delta where you know mm. two or three rivers kind of drain out. Of course, they never have water. Um, during the year, but if it does rain, all the water drains there. So uh, uh, they they were hit especially hard. And Joel, you 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 know you you design. You, you're an architect. You design uh, homes in Pilio. You restore homes, uh, renovate them. I mean, these are strong structures, stone built uh, structures. Were, were you surprised to see the damage that had been done to them by the, the storm? Um, in some cases, yes. In other cases, um, you know. They, they, they withstood the, the pressure. Yeah. In some cases, they withstood the pressure and it was, it was very impressive. And then in, in other cases, you, you saw that, you know, when the when the ground underneath a home gets completely washed out, how can it, it you know, what can it withstand after that? Um, and what was the discussion among the, the locals about this storm and its aftermath? Was there a feeling that it, it was just of such, such a magnitude that nothing could have been done to mitigate against it? Or were there concerns about a lack of warning, a lack of anti-flood works? You know, this is the kind of debate that's been going on in other parts of Greece and particularly in the plain of Thessaly, which was also flooded at the same time. Right. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't feel like that was as much the case here in our area, at mm-hmm. least. Um, I don't think there was a feeling that, you know, oh, we should have been more prepared for this. I mean, I think everyone was kind of just so caught off guard by the, the magnitude of it. Um, you know, nobody, 
nobody had imagined that it would have been a storm of such um, power and potential. And you know, of course, when you look at when you look at the damage in the aftermath, you can say, oh, you know, well this this area of the road should have been reinforced much better to begin with, or yeah. you know, putting you know four centimeters of asphalt, uh, you know, over over compact dirt is you know it's not going to hold up against much but i think so many people were just caught off guard by how powerful everything was and how how much damage had been done i don't think people were in, at least in our area were, were were really frustrated in the fact that you know more wasn't done beforehand to prevent something like this uh- but now that it's happened, is there? Do you sense a fear among the locals that look, this, this is the way things are going to go? We need to be better prepared, or living here carries a much higher risk than we expected uh, in the past. You know, that's. Oh, is that not a discussion that's happening yet? I, I, I wouldn't say it's. Well, it's starting to happen. I mean, you know, certainly talking to different people in in my village here and and people who have been here a long time, everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, I've lived here all my life. I've been here 70 years. I've been here 65 years. I've never seen anything like this. Um, So the discussion is happening. At the same time, you know, people just kind of, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe they feel like this is kind of becoming more of a norm. You know, it was just... It was just three years ago that we we had uh, the another storm, uh, Yanos, that came yeah. through, and you know that caused a fair amount of damage in some places too around here. That, there was a lot of rain during that storm as well, um, but uh, it definitely wasn't on the scale that this one is. But it it kind of I think these events seem to be happening more and more frequently, and I you know it, it's it's almost like we're kind of becoming accustomed to them, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and Joel, is there a concern at all about uh, the the future of Pilio in the sense that, um, of course, there are locals living there, it's uh, their thriving uh, communities, it uh, produces uh, apples and many other things, but it relies a lot on tourism. Is there a concern that these events, the images that have come with them, the tragic stories, and I mentioned the the, the Austrian uh, couple, uh, is there a concern that these will perhaps uh, reduce the number of people visiting the area might affect it as a tourism destination? I don't... I don't know if people are so much concerned about, you know, the level of tourism that, um, you know, if it will, if it, if it, if it will drop, you know, over the mm-hmm. next season, let's say, because we had these terrible, this terrible flood. I think right now, um, especially in places like Melina, I think people are just, um, just struggling kind of, I think they're afraid of what they're going to do, how they're going to rebuild, how they're how they're even going to going to be ready for a, a next season if they don't get right. any help. Um, I think that's the major concern right now. Yeah. So so address the immediate uh, problem with uh, getting back on their feet. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what what's being done is 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 the the community coming together over this helping people out is the the, the state uh visible in any way uh 
I've seen on the internet videos posted by locals complaining that they've been left on their own to deal with this. They aren't getting much help. What's your sense? Well, listen, it's 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 kind of a complicated issue. But for example, let's say when when things first calmed down, and as I said, we uh, we we came out of our houses to check on everything. You know, there were a group of us um, that got together and started cleaning the road, and we are all. <clears throat> what the local, you know, the locals refer to anyone who's not from here as a foreigner, even <laughs> if you're Greek, even if you're not, yeah. you're, you're a foreigner, you know. So yeah. we were all foreigners who were there cleaning the road. Yeah. And, you know, all the locals came by and they were more or less laughing at us saying, oh, what are you doing? You know, you're wasting your time. The state will come and clean that. Leave it. To, you know, don't worry. Mm. You know, this and that. And, you know, this was this was disheartening in a lot of ways and kind of frustrating um, because as I mentioned before, it's not really a village that we live in. We're not a high priority. Mm. And the other thing is that we are actually part of the Vimos Volos. Mm. Um, The municipality. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're part of the municipality of, of Volos. So because Volos itself was hit so hard and had so many problems, of course, you know, if, if you if you take a second to think about you know how things are going to go down, Volos is going to get the priority over every everyone else in the municipality. Sure. Um, so, you know, for these for these people to think that our little you know our little settlement here, the the state is going to come and help us first. Uh, it, to me, it was just it, I I couldn't believe that they were thinking along those lines, um, and just and and being so indifferent about mm. what what um what had happened and what was around us um on the other hand i will say that you know this they did they did come and, and clear the the road you know that connects to our our village the kind of the main road there they came and they and they they cleared it at least so cars could pass very quickly there was a quick response to that which was great they didn't come up to our village and they didn't come up to our village with any machinery um you know, for about at least at least a week, probably more like eight or nine days. Um, but you know, we had already by that time we had already patched up and 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 cleaned the roads so that they were at least manageable on our own. And when they came up and saw that that was the case, there was still a fair amount of rubble in in places and stuff, and they just left it and, and left. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, had we not clean the the roads and and patch them up and made them passable again we we wouldn't have been able to get out for at least a week yeah um so you know this was this was kind of disheartening for me to, Hmm. to to have this attitude of oh you know you know you're wasting your time you know what are you doing you know somebody else will clean it up for us uh I really, I really did did not like that so much. And this isn't to say that all all the locals were like that, but sure, the, sure. the only people who who made these sorts of comments were were kind of the the, the locals here. But I, I've been to you know other places where the locals have been very active and very um, very helpful in organizing um, you know different different works and different help to happen. And you know, definitely one of the positive things about all of all of the the chaos that was created here was that. You know, people have been coming together, and people have been helping each other out, um, and 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 trying to make the situation better, and you know, as best we can. 
Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I, I guess that that's a, a again uh, going forward after this big wound that has uh, been suffered there in in Pilion, of course, in other parts of uh, Greece. And uh, Joel, the, the practicalities of it: you, you were without uh, water for almost uh, two weeks. Uh, how how are you getting bottled water? Were you able to uh, drive and go and pick it up? Was it being distributed? How did it work? Well, <clears throat> um, we we got water in two ways. Uh, the first was that the the the, the municipality actually sent a, a truck with um, bottled water up to our village and distributed it. You know, they they brought they came two days in a row and they brought you know two um, exades, two six packs of of, of water for uh, each family. Yep. Um, and there was another option if you wanted to go down to Agria, which is, you know, a, kind of a, the suburb of Volos that's pretty close to us. You could go down there and, and you could you could wait in, wait in line down there to, to collect water as well. But we're very lucky in the area that we are here and that there are so many great natural springs here. Mm. So we just um, drove up, up the mountain a ways to um, a good spring that we know, and we were just filling, filling water there. Um, and yeah, for, for, you know, a couple of days, it was just kind of filling up water for drinking and, and filling up water to distribute to, um, people in the village who, you know, for non-drinking purposes, for, for cleaning and for flushing toilets and things like that. Um, you know, we have some older people in the village who don't really have anyone here who don't have a car, don't have a, a, a way of really getting around too easily. So, um, you know, it's, I'd go up there and fill up 20 liter jugs of water, come down and dump the dump the the 20 liters into buckets for them and, and stuff, so that they would have some some water to work with, um, besides just drinking water. Um, and you know, as I said, with the drinking water, the, the the municipality did bring us some, but but then we were we were also very lucky to have these springs that we could just you know keep refilling our water bottles yeah, of there. Of course. And Joel, just to finish off. Uh, what's the situation like now? Uh, uh, we're speaking a couple of weeks after the storm. You said water has been restored. You still don't have uh, a landline and uh, internet. But what else is? How, how's the situation? What are you seeing? Um, look, right now, you know, we're we're still cleaning things up. There are still many, many, many things that need to be done. We're still trying to, you know, to help people out who are still in need. Um, uh, schools still haven't opened. They're, they're going to open up on, on Monday, hopefully. Um, but slowly, um, things are, you know, kind of returning to a, a normal, a normalness, let's say, um, where people are, you know, going back to work and, getting on with their everyday lives. Um, and then when we have time, we, we try and, we try and help out, uh, when we can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 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 just to get a sense of the mood among the people as well, is it, uh, one of, you know, trying to get back on their feet and trying to rebuild homes, businesses and get going again? Or is, is there a sense that, this is a huge blow from which they might struggle to recover. 
Well, that's <clears throat> that's kind of that that I think depends on on where you you know where you live and and, and how hard your area was hit. Right. Um, as I said, fortunately in our area, most of the damage was kind of infrastructure stuff, um, which you know the roads are passable, but they're you know they're not normal roads anymore, and it's going to take a a very long time before they're restored to say normal two lane roads for sure. Um, but I think if you go to areas like Melina and stuff, I think down there there's it's quite a different story. Uh, the amount of you know destruction and the amount of um, problems that people have down there is is quite a bit different than than the problems that we have here. There you know this, their stores and their um, you know their houses were flooded and they had you know anywhere from you know almost a meter and a half to you know 50 centimeters of water and mud in their houses and they have to clean all that out and they have to figure out you know where do we go from here um people with yeah. businesses have to have to figure out you know is is you know how can i continue if everything that i have in here is damaged and i you know how do do i do i do i do i even continue mm -hmm. um i've had some friends tell me you know who lived down there, they had a neighbor whose house was destroyed. She said she's leaving the area and, and not coming back. She's moving to Crete. Um, there have been other, you know, they've told me other friends of theirs who have, say, a restaurant on the on the waterfront there uh, that was completely destroyed. They're, you know, their friends are wondering, you know, how are they going to be able to rebuild if they don't have any help? Everyone's yeah. kind of wondering if they're going to get any help and how will they receive it? Um, in, as I, you know, for for areas for areas like that, this is this is, I think, the biggest question for most people. Of course, Joel. Look, <coughs> let's leave it there. Uh, uh is a beautiful part, not only of the country of the world. It's uh, a lovely place to visit. Wonderful people. Um, all I can do is hope for for the best and that uh, it's able to recover from what, as you've described to us, has been a, a really big blow. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Nick. That was Joel von Trapp, an American architect who lives in Pilio, where he has designed, built and renovated homes, talking to us about how Storm Daniel has affected this beautiful part of Greece. That's it for this episode. As I've mentioned at the start, we will return to the subject of extreme weather in our upcoming episodes. We aim to look in more detail at how the climate crisis is starting to impact Greece in ways that really seemed unimaginable not so long ago. I'm glad to say that I'll be joined by my co-host and producer, Phoebe Fronista, on our next episode, which should be out soon. In the meantime, please subscribe and rate us, and feel free to send us any comments. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.